You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? Hope it's great and awesome and all that stuff. My voice is a little bit scratchy today, so maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, maybe it gives me that sort of, I don't know, cowboy sound or something. I don't know. Either way, I want to tell you something really awesome that's going on and and you should really check it out and be a part of it. Uh, Sinusoid, uh, as you know, longtime sponsor of the show and uh, uh, just good industry people in general. One of their guys, Albert, he grew up in Panama City in, in Florida and that was recently just torn apart by Hurricane Michael. And so in typical Sinusoid fashion, the guys put together uh, another giving cable that's uh, the panhandle giving cable, and all of the proceeds from that, uh, everything minus the material costs, will be going to support people directly impacted by Hurricane Michael in the in the panhandle in Florida. So check it out. The link will be in the show notes, the direct link to the giving cable. Give it a check. Give it a check. Is that a thing? That's not a thing. Go there. Check out the uh, check out the cable. It looks great, and it's really doing a good thing. Um, I can't say much more about it. That's the devastation is really, really awful, and you know it's a good way to you can get a cool product and help people out at the same time. So make sure you check it out. You like uh, rad stuff? You like rad stuff and potentially getting it for free? I know I do. I'm sure you do too. So right now you should go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check out their Halloween giveaway, which is almost over because it's almost Halloween, and they are giving away a custom wiring harness kit with some revelator pickups from Righteous Sound Pickups. Yes, those two companies have come together to give away something rad to one very lucky, spooky Halloween individual. If you go to Gun, Gun Street, what, blah, 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 losing my ability to speak. If you go to GunStreetWiringShop.com, you can check that out and sign up and put your name in the hat to win a fresh set of pickups. So if you're a Telecaster player, you're looking for a sweet upgrade, now is a good time. GunStreetWiringShop.com. Check out the Halloween giveaway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and I have returning... This is kind of an interesting return since the last episode with him was just very short. Florian Schneider of Millimetric Instruments. What is up? Hello. Uh, I'm fine and you. I'm doing good now that we made this stupid thing work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Technical gremlins, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, all computers and and weird programs. So Yeah. I but guess. we're here now. Yeah, we are. That's that's what matters most. Um, I, I, I think the listeners would be very interested to know that, uh, first of all, you've been on the show before. If you guys haven't listened to the New York city episodes from, Ooh, boy, uh, years ago now, or is it a year and a half? It was a year ago. Cause, uh, fear the riff was in October. Fear the riff. That's right. Fear the riff was in October. I'm getting mixed up cause it was in August this year. Yeah. 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 But okay. yeah, it was it was a year ago, I think. 
Yeah, so a year ago, uh, we recorded in the windy parking lot at Fear the Riff and just yeah. gave a, a real basic kind of, I don't know, 15, 20 minute rundown. Um, yeah. So we always said we wanted to do a more in-depth version, a normal version. And so here we are. And since then, you, you received your, your baritone. This is true. Yep. Since then, I received my baritone and uh, it's so good, Florian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm quite jealous because I built one for you and I built another one uh, for the show in Berlin, which I sold in Berlin. And now I don't have one and I'm pissed because <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, well, it was uh, and I'm restarting a band where I'm playing baritone guitar, but I'm, I'm using my old one, the other the other model, not the offset one. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I uh, I love this thing, and everyone that comes over is like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Play it, you will love it," <laughs> and they do. Thanks. They do. Thanks. It's it's so fun. Uh, it plays awesome, and yeah. Um, if you guys haven't checked out Florian's work, check out Millimetric Instruments on uh, Instagram or wherever you wherever you want them to go. But I would like some people to to before we like get too into the conversation, like whatever you're doing go check it out cuz they're not they're not your normal guitars um and and I like them a lot and a lot of people like them a lot but some people want to stick to the classics and that's okay but these are these are n different instruments I should say and maybe we can we talked about it in New York but maybe we can talk about your your background and why your stuff looks the way it does yeah sure sure um well, first of all, I, th uh, I think um, I always want to try to, to do things differently and to do things um, like in a more minimalistic way. And so I, I, I did study in different um, art-related uh, um, studies. So before... Um, I started uh, studying in art because at the time uh, it would be right after uh, high school. I I was doing kind of uh, graffiti-ish stuff, so mm -hmm. doing like paintings on in old factories and things like that. So I went in uh, to learn um, in an art program after uh, after some so, some other studies. Uh, and then I I did some hard some and I studied after in publicity photography and I uh, right when I was leaving um, my parents' house I decided to start guitar to start playing guitar because I was playing drums at first I started when I was I think twelve um, and uh, when I left the house I wanted to still be able to play uh, an instrument daily and not having you know. To have a drum set in a small apartment wouldn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I just uh, uh, borrowed a guitar from a friend and uh, started playing guitar and fall into the guitar and the pedal uh, rabbit hole uh, at the time. So, uh, and after that, after a few years, I decided to, oh, would, that would be cool to start to learn how to build one, you know? And because mm -hmm. I, I was already uh, kind of drawing guitar shapes and uh, that would look different because I always wanted to, you know, set 
myself apart uh, from with what gear I was using. Um, wanted you know to to create a to use something different and not the usual Telecaster and and Les Paul and things like that. So I applied to the School of Luther in um and here in Montreal, and I got refused. <laughs> what? Yeah. Refused? Yeah, because I didn't know they, they refused people. Is was this yeah. Harvard? Well, no, but it's uh, at the time they didn't take um, um, foreign student. Uh, they only took uh, student from Quebec and Canada. Ah. So, but and as I say, uh, as I usually say, it was a good thing because I wouldn't be building uh, the guitars I build now if I had gotten into that school. That's for sure. You don't think so? Why? Oh, no, why do you think that? They're they're really prone to uh, classical stuff and really traditional stuff. And for one, I wouldn't have fitted in there. I would have been like trying to bend the rules all the time and maybe piss off a few pro- uh, a few teachers <laughs> on the way. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so and I, I uh, so I got refused, and I went to instead to uh, cabinet making school. Uh, so, and that I f- fell back in love with, and I, I, I was thinking about going into the cabinet making school and wait a year and try to reapply to, um, the, the Luthery school, but I didn't cause that just felt good in the, in the cabinet making school. And I, I fell back in love with furniture design and, um, just decoration in general. And I felt really good in there. And so I, I stayed there for three years and. By the end of the third year, I started like saying to myself, "Well, I can try to build a guitar now. We're gonna see how that how that goes." And I <laughs> build a I build the first one, and uh, then a millimetric instrument was kind of born in a way. Because it that... seems like you kind of uh, hit the ground running once you did make those first guitars. People, a lot of people were kind of immediately drawn to them. Is that accurate in saying that? Uh, it took a few years, but um, I think the first uh, I need I needed a few years in, in any way to um, you know, learn the craft, and because I wasn't really a proper trained luthier, I was I wasn't you know uh, doing uh, I didn't know how to do a fret job, I didn't know how to do you know adjust the neck and things like that so i needed to you know build one or and build a few other ones to to you know perfect perfect them but the first few years um i had like some friends uh that wanted one and set up uh, a you know a facebook page and uh got a bit of attention from a few a few other pages and um but i think after Oh, is that three? Maybe after after three years, three years after building the first guitar, I got uh, I got a f- another another order, and I did um, uh, a design show in here in Montreal uh, called the Sukasset, um, uh, and that really uh, th- that's when I started my Instagram account, I think, and mm-hmm. Instagram was really why I you know. Uh, why the business went on because a lot of people saw me there and I tend to post quite a few pictures and that really, I don't know, uh, 
uh, got me attention. So yeah, uh, that's where I found you first was through Instagram yeah. for sure. <laughs> that's where I find most things is, is through well, their yeah, Instagram it's, pages. It's a, it's a good thing for that, uh, and it's an amazing tool for uh, small builders. And well, more and more, it's harder and harder for a smaller account to to get bigger and to grow. But um, I think it's still an amazing tool to to grow your brand and your company. I think mm -hmm. for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely more difficult than it used to be. Um, I'm, I do miss, I'm not going to, I, I do miss the old algorithm. Gotta, yeah. gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody does, but yeah, it was, I don't know. Uh, by the time when there was no publicity and, uh, I don't know, it was simpler time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. No kidding. Remember back two years ago, it was wonderful. <laughs> But like you say, it's still really important and very viable. It's just not it's not quite as a quite as good as it was for a for a smaller starting up. Yeah, know, yeah. I, I started um, the, the, the show that I'm uh, co-organizing, uh, Sonar. I started the mm -hmm. account uh, two years ago and it's it's really hard to, you know, to grow. Well, it's it's not a brand. It's a show. So it's different. But uh, I think it, you can still see that it's it's hard to reach people and get attention and blah, 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 you know? Yep. Yep. That's the, uh, the classic struggle these yeah, days. Every, yeah. Everybody's dealing with it. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Um, so one thing I, I was curious about, um, I think we talked about this a little bit, maybe in the prior episode, but I don't, I don't recall like what kind of you said you were just you were playing in a band that you need a baritone. What kind of music do you play? What do you what are you into? What do you listen to? Um well, right now uh, we we were um that band was uh, at first I was on guitar. Um then I moved to drums uh because I uh, lost a drummer and uh I um a guitar the guitar player from my previous band uh, join in and we were a, a two-piece band so we were playing like uh kind of math rock slash noise rock kind of stuff mm -hmm. um and so yeah now uh we i just um i don't feel like i have a good level to play the drums in that band so i i wanted to and i wanted to replay to restart playing the, the guitar so I, I went on the baritone so yeah now we try to find a drummer but um we play kind of yeah math rock uh slash noise rock influenced mostly by um i would say um kind of uh do you know lightning bolt i don't know lightning bolt uh it's kind of well it's not because a french band called pneu uh which is a uh, tire in uh, in english okay <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, I love. We love that. We both love that that band, the guitarist and me. And uh, we want, it's like um, kind of fast playing math rock and noise mixed together. Uh, and cool. it's a two piece band as well. And uh, we wanted to go in that vein, but um, we like math a bit too much for. Well, uh, I'm not good at in math, but I like to play complex uh, uh, pattern in music and. We decided to it would be good to to be a, a three piece and we would be able to play more complex stuff and so kind of in in that vein like fast 
Mathrock um, noise with like a lot of pitch shifting and <laughs> things like that. Sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> nice. But, nice. Uh, in general, I, I, I think I, um, I grew up mostly listening to um, punk, hardcore, um, stoner music, and like post-hardcore, metal-hardcore, all of the, you know, um, uh, kind of extreme branch of uh, uh, punk and, and rock and roll music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do I rem- am I remembering correct? I could be mixing you up with somebody else. seems like, were you a big shellac fan? Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought so. I was trying, like, I yeah, think yeah. we, I'm pretty sure it well, was Florian. And it's, yeah, Steve Albini uh, was the guitar player of uh, shellac for... Uh, some uh, you don't know um, is the uh, kind of the reason why I started building guitars because um, I was uh, trying to emulate his sound, you know, trying to mm-hmm. nail that Albini tone. And uh, because I at first I thought it was the guitar they was using and the pickups and all that all that jazz, but. Um, uh, I later figured that it wasn't, but you know, <laughs> started building guitars and it was fun. So <laughs> <laughs> you but, found yeah. out about that harmonic percolator. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that and the Intersound IVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yep. well, if you if you remember, uh, I think uh, John from Electronic Audio Experiment uh, did a pedal called the Dude Incredible, which is an, the name from. Uh, a shellac song or an album, the last album I think. Uh, anyway, and that pedal emulates both the harmonic percolator and the entire sound IVP, mm-hmm. which is a crazy preamp uh, with uh, a nice, really nice uh, overdrive slash distortion in it, and that sounds amazing. And that's how we get that uh, super shrill uh, guitar tone. Nice. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. So you you do going back to the guitars a little bit. You do a lot more um what's the word? I guess like custom parts and things compared to most people. Like you you do your own pickups, you've got mm-hmm. some of, well, some of your own hardware. Well, yeah, I just I, I don't wind my own pickups. I do design them and do the final assembly, but uh mm-hmm. I I always uh stop people on that because I, I I want to be fair with the mic at MGS and he builds the, the bobbin and uh, we kind of design things together uh, but I do uh, yeah I do the I, I like to, to do I've been telling people wrong well, no, that's, that's okay I just want to you know um, shout out to uh, to uh, the friends who, re- mm-hmm. who are involved in, in that <laughs> right so, but but what about the the hardware and stuff? Is that uh, yeah, yeah. do you do that, or did yeah. you just design it, or how that work? Yeah, well, I I design, I designed I designed that, and it gets you know uh, laser cut. So I don't make it per se, but I you know design it, get it cut, and after that just do the f- the final um, like threading, um, yeah, and things, on, on and painting things. and yes. But yeah, it's uh, I, li- I like doing uh, my own parts. 
it's cool. It's it sets things apart just even further. I think it's um yeah. I think it's a it's a cool thing to do. Yeah, and it, uh, to me, it's uh, because I don't want to feel like I you know assemble guitars. I want to. I want if I could build my tuners, I trust me, I would. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> but uh, it's you know uh, it would require a lot more tooling, like uh, uh, lathe and um, a few other machines that I don't have, and I don't have the space for it. So, um, and I do like the 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 challenge of only using laser for the metal parts. Which kind of you can't do three D on it. You can just do two D, like yeah. Um, so it's it's challenging, but it's really fun. And uh, I just did my tremolo system uh, with that, and it's not working a hundred percent yet. But it's 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 uh, already quite cool. And you know, I had some challenge with that, and it's quite interesting to try to do things differently and um, you know, just try to. Not reinvent the wheel, but uh, just have fun with some parts. I think right. it's... Uh, just putting your spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's easier to, uh, to do your own thing than trying to adapt your design to existing parts. Which... Yeah, especially when your designs are like yours. Like, they don't necessarily fit a lot of the existing parts. You know? <laughs> just Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, doesn't. Totally. I... I so a lot of people wanted me to use the the mastery bridge for a few years, mm -hmm. and it just don't that it just don't fit in my guitars because it's too thick and my guitars are too thin for that system. So, right, right. And I love the mastery stuff. It's it's oh, really yeah. good. Yeah, it's a, but um, it's yeah, really it wouldn't work. No. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't work on. <laughs> I've gotten so spoiled with my mastery on that's on my Roni. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Beautiful I'm guitar, like, all way. other tremolos are dumb, but I'm excited to see yours. I've seen it, but I'm excited to like see it in person one day. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's really in between a, a Stratocaster and a Jazzmaster system. Uh, so it feels in between them because it it has that uh, art feeling from it, uh, the tre the trem arm is kind of hard to, you know, push down and push up. Mm -hmm. uh, which mine doesn't do it doesn't go up now but it will <laughs> uh, and the strat you know feels really smooth and it's really easy to bend down so it's it's kind of in between both and i think it's a it's it's a it's a it's a nice feeling because i with the, the the jazz master style you can't go down super low because mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to push, but uh, and on the strat it's a little bit too flimsy, I feel. So I think it's. I a, agree with you on that. Yeah, it's a good in between for me, and um, but I still have a lot of a lot of things to uh, to perfect on it. <laughs> That'll be cool. Yeah. It'll be cool cool to see when you do. But uh, yeah, I'm with you on the strat. The strat trims, uh, for me they they they're 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 just a little too floppy for me. Like, which sounds yeah. kind of silly, right? We want them to be. We want things to be easy, but like, I feel like it's, they shift so easy that like I can go too far yeah, yeah, too quickly, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I like a little resistance. Yeah. Well, I think you, you, you like, you like the, the system, but as I said, it need, needs a, a lot of refinements, but anyway, <laughs> it's cool though. I mean, I like that you're like approaching it as a, 
uh, sort of a, a design challenge and uh, it's a it's a good mindset to have like yeah you know most people use what's available and that's cool too it's just it's cool there's not that many people like I want to make a tremolo because why not make a tremolo yeah well <laughs> I think it was it's also the the thing um, I I was roommate with a, an industrial designer for a few years and I think he really taught me how to you know try to always think differently and always try to do your own thing and 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 the fun of doing it you know the fun of trying to find a new idea and a new way of doing something you know and it's i think that's that's more fun than just you know um well to me some people just uh, are perfectly good with you know doing telecasters and things and and that's okay but I just don't see myself like that. So, mm. yeah. No, I mean, I I was gonna say some of the some of the designs and the way you do things has a sort of industrial design feel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't mean that in like some sort of weird cold way. Uh, like they they they're a nice blend because they still look like a guitar. It has I mean? to, yeah, yeah. That's often what I say. It's it has to me. Uh, it has to pay tribute to the past, but look into the future, you know. Mm -hmm. But still, not you know, you know, look too futuristic. Uh, I don't know. It has to. It's it's always like you know everything. It's it's a balance. It has to have a good balance in between, um, looking vintage and looking modern, and because a lot of modern guitars I don't really like because it just you know weird and not guitar e looking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know the the Strandberg, I think, and uh, not the Strandberg. Uh, the yeah, Strandberg's has one for sure, like the headless. Well, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, and you know, headless. I, I get asked a lot to do an headless design, and I'm like, well, it. Well, first of all, if the if I could have a um a tuning system that doesn't have to have that big old cut in. The back of the guitar that would be that would be good, but mm -hmm. I I I feel like you know the the neck is just there, there there's something missing you know. Yeah, where's I the agree. headstock? <laughs> I um the Strandbergs and some of the headless stuff is is interesting. I think Ormsby's doing some of it, and then yeah, there's yeah. a well, there's a bunch of people doing it. You know, um, well, not a bunch, but there's several manufacturers. Um, I played a Strandberg. At Fear the Riff, uh, shout out to Jason. Thanks for bringing that by. Because I was so curious about it, and I I gotta say, like, it was super comfortable. Oh, it must like, be. It must be. Yeah, it, sure. It feels great, and the neck is weird. You look at it, and it's like this weird trapezoid shape, uh -huh. and you're like, that's that's not gonna feel good, and it feels awesome. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, they're they're so they're like they're a brilliant design, but I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I. I go, I waffle back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? Those look really cool. And then sometimes I'm like, eh, they look a little weird. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, the Steinberger of the eighties and all the, the weird design that, uh, just wanted to be futuristic and different. And I think it's good to, you know, to look in the future, but you still have to pay your tribute to, and, you're designing an object and an object has some codes and you have to respect those codes that are tied to the object, you know? So mm -hmm. I think it's important to always remember those 
you know, you can bend the rules, but you can't go past the rule of async. You can only go so far until that object isn't isn't an object or isn't the original object anymore, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point you've made a stool and not a guitar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or whatever you know, whatever yeah, the case may be. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, you're right. You can you can work around it and find new new and different ways to take on things. But yeah, at some point. When does the guitar stop being a t- guitar and it's it's some it's a different instrument? And altogether. you know it's it depends on on everybody's vision of the thing because some people see my guitars and say like oh it's that's ugly you know it's it, there is no curve there is you know it's oh, it's just square straight lines you know I'm like uh, mm-hmm. there is not there is not a lot of straight lines in my design but you know because some people are used to a real vintage stuff and. If they, you know, see like a, I don't know, a Telecaster with uh, some different pickups on it, they say, ah, you know, it's it's early, it's not it's not a Telecaster, but and some other people, you know, can can go past that. So it depends on your opinion and your what you used to see and uh, play, or you know, and I think the 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 Steinberger and the the Strandbergs and all those guitars in you know maybe ten twenty years will be standards maybe but we're just not used to it, to them maybe I don't know I I don't know it's uh I think that they will have a very loyal following and do have a loyal following oh like, yeah for yeah. for you know for all the reasons we stated like they functionally are excellent you know mm-hmm. and they are super light and and it's just a really intelligently designed instrument but like i'm sitting here i'm looking at my rickenbacker uh 360 i'm like beautiful guitar (laughs) it's just so pretty yeah Yeah. (laughs) it doesn't it's not my best playing guitar it plays good but it's not my it's not my best guitar Mm -hmm. Uh, but man it's just so pretty i love it it's and then i turn around and i look at yours i'm like i think that's beautiful too it's just different you know um I I I don't know. Everything's subjective. It's all in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes yeah. to guitars, it's it's it's. You're right. A lot of people are stuck on vintage designs because that's it's it's like some weird combination of that's what all our heroes played, mm-hmm. and and then the other side of it is like that's just what we're used to seeing. Yeah, yeah. We we've you know that is a guitar. You know, yeah. a Les Paul is a guitar, and because we've been seeing it for. 60 years or whatever it is yeah um and so some some of it's just like that's in our head that's what it's supposed to look like Mm -hmm. i guess yeah yeah and well yeah and it's it takes time to you know change to and to bend those vision i think and it will change and it's changing you know with you know with with the atlas and all the the new designs and new things that are that are coming out Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's good it's good but it takes it takes a while and it took it took me a while to you know to get um people um uh maybe being interesting interested in what i did what i do uh especially when i had just you know the double cut design and not the offset and the other, and the the single cut once i released the the offset design people were a bit more it, it was a a good door to enter uh what i to enter my my brand i think mhm um cuz when 
when some people first see the the, the double cut design, they say, oh, "That's that's way too weird for me." But when once they see the the offset design, it's a bit different sometimes. The offset design is is definitely my favorite. It's uh, it, I think it's your best job of of doing what you said. Like it still looks like a guitar, mm -hmm. like very much so, yeah. like what we're used to. But it's it's got this modern twist to it, and um, I don't know. Every time I see see one, I'm like, oh. And then like people have come over come over before. Andy from Pro Guitar Shop came over and or, well. Reverb now. What am I saying? It hasn't been pro guitar shop for a long time. Wow. Stop it. Sorry, Reverb. Um, <laughs> wow. You know. Old addicts. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, he came over and uh, and w was just like looking around and playing some stuff. And then he just looked up because it's up a little bit high on the wall. And he's like, what is that? I would have loved to, to been there because... I remember uh, watching Andy's videos. Um, I, I think, yeah, ten years ago when I arrived in Montreal and uh, looking at pedal demos and things like that. And yeah, that would that would have been a a funny moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played it. He liked it. Oh, wow. So uh, nice. yeah, nice. he was he was like, man, this thing is trippy. This is and he, he I was like, oh, you gotta play it. You gotta check this neck out. Like that neck is great. I don't know what the dimensions are. I don't know anything like everyone always. Oh, asks for me you, what... yeah, it was yeah baseball bat. Uh, yeah, yeah. You it's want big. you wanted baseball bat. Uh, well, and it's you know it's not it's not baseball bat per se because it some neck can be can be bigger than that, but it's it's pretty big for what I usually do. <laughs> it's about right for me. I don't know. I got these weird. I got weird hands. They're small. I don't have very big hands. Mm -hmm. I got short, stubby fingers, but I like big necks. I just they just feel yeah. If that's where better it, yeah it, it depends on if you, if you're you know what your what's what was your first guitar and how you you learn to you know to play and sometimes big necks feel just just right i think i think that is what's kind of weird i i started playing on a uh on a les paul special okay. uh, with, a, with like a 60s taper uh -huh. um so fairly fairly thin yeah uh, not not like a wizard neck or anything, but it's <laughs> fa fairly thin. Um, and then I and I, I it still feels pretty good to me. Like it's it's a good guitar. Mm -hmm. But then I, when I got my my grandpa's junior, for some reason, I was just instantly was like, oh, this neck is much better. Yeah. Well, you it, know, sometimes sometimes you start you start thinking, yeah, I, I should. That's what I I will like. I will like that thing and. You start to play that thing, and after that, you try another thing, and you're like, "Ah, oh, that feels different and maybe better." So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a weird world. Have you ever played? And I don't know if they're all like this. Have you ever played a vintage uh, Hagstrom? Uh, no, I haven't. I don't think so. They're really cool looking, and they're usually fairly affordable. Um, but everyone I've played has like this this neck. I feel like I'm gonna break the neck. It's so small and so cramped that like I could barely yeah, play it. But it, it it's it's thin on the on the width too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yeah. width almost was worse than the than the uh, actual thickness. Yeah, what usually just... feels good is when a neck is thick, it has to be slightly less large in width. Mm -hmm. And when a neck is thin, like 
with our with our uh, kind of you know Ibanez kind of thin. It has to be a slightly slightly larger just to. Uh, well, no, the 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 bigger neck has to be thinner in in width, and the the thinner neck has to be larger in width because it okay it yeah feels that if, makes sense yeah if you have just uh i i've been playing around with uh neck size for for my personal guitars a bit and i now i feel like uh i need to not be super thin but you know be a, a good in between like uh 21 millimeters to 22 at the 12s is what i usually play and do for most customers um but because uh, way too thin, it's it's it. You can feel good about it, but after you know an hour, an hour and a half playing that, you're gonna get like uh, you could get carpal tunnel syndrome and all the, all the things and like pain in the end and under in the wrist. It's not really natural to play a really thin neck. No, I wouldn't think so. Because um, and need then that like if you look feel, at you know, yeah. Yeah, you you don't have a, a a gap in there, and and I was talking to um when I I did that again, uh, thrown back to the New York City episodes. I did a short interview with Rick Kelly from Carmine Street Guitars, mm -hmm. and um all of his stuff for the most part has pretty substantial neck on it, and um like some of the bigger ones I've played, and I I liked it. In his, even his though, some some of them were just a touch too big for me. So mm -hmm. on the yeah, I think because he's, he's using now, like uh, reclaimed pine, right? Yes, for 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 even for the necks. So that yes. that's maybe why it has to go bigger because so the neck doesn't you know is stiffer. That's part of it. Yeah, um, that's part of it. Part of it is too. He just he likes big necks. Yeah, and he looks at it like um like the old like old classical guitars mm -hmm. and like yeah those things they're all huge compared to what <laughs> yeah what we think of as a big neck and he's like they're he's like they made them that way for a reason because you know those guys had no problem shredding on a big neck yeah like yeah. uh so the the whole thin neck wizard neck thing is 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 a bit strange to me i mean i get it but yeah he he made a good point like they're well it's good with, old because classical it's players could it's, uh, it it allows you to even for tapping and things like that. It's 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 super it's super good. But after if you play a lot of chords, you'll you'll get pain in the especially if you play bigger strings. It's gonna it's gonna feel uh, in your in your wrist pretty after after a few years. I think. Well, you know, to each his yeah. own. <laughs> That's true. No, I mean, there's <laughs> lots of guys playing playing those doing a great job. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, they feel awful. <laughs> Uh, but I, I play a lot of chords and don't do much shreddy stuff. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and I like bigger strings generally. Um, that's, that's yeah, just it how I roll. On where, where you tuning, tuning in, but yeah, you usually when, yeah. when you have like big necks, it's, you, you can do lower tunings and bigger strings. No problem. Mm hmm. So let's see. You've done some other stuff I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought you uh did you rehoused a trainer amp here, I don't know, yeah. six, eight months ago. Yeah. Well yeah. that cabinet looked so cool. Oh yeah, yeah, because <laughs> um thanks. And it was you know, when I first started doing a few guitars and I was I was trying, you know, to grow my brand, I 
they didn't had a lot of money to do more guitars and i and i always wanted to have like a you know a full set of gear that was kind of matching and so i said oh well let's try to build a, a cabinet and let's try to build like to do um a more pretty or more appealing to me uh mbox you know so um so i did and i uh, I discovered that it's you know it's and it's close to cabinet making so you know no no um it was kind of easier for me so uh and i wanted to do a pellboard as well and things like that but i i really had fun doing like the tolex part and all the because you know building an amp is is a was, was really fun and i I, I did quite a few of those, and actually, I'm doing uh, I'm doing run one right now, um, finishing it today. Um, doing a cab for um, a, a combo amp, which is a Exits uh, X10 that I had in a trade for a guitar with a a studio called uh, Flat Black Studio, um, and then just finished the uh, Pine Box and getting ready to tolex it which is uh, cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part mostly because, you know, I don't do it every day all day, but uh it's it's always kind of fun to do. Have you thought about introducing like some standalone like guitar cabs and and pedal boards as a product at some point? Yeah, I thought about it, but being in Canada and the problem is to if I, you know, get usually I, I get customers from the US or outside of Canada and shipping cabs and things big like that is kind of a problem. And I didn't want to, well, I, I might, I might do an amp someday and I'm designed, but I, I won't, I won't be building it, but, um, I, I would build, you know, the, the head cab and, and designing all the, all the, all the things around it. But, um, building cabs, uh, you know, like four twelves and, Big things like that. It's kind of a problem to to ship after that, and I I don't I don't know if I want to get into the trouble of that. <laughs> it does, yeah. And then you know, shop space they take up a lot of space. Yeah, you know, if yeah, you were to have yeah several of them, you know, in stock or whatever, it would be a it could be a problem depending on how big your shop is. Yeah, and um, I don't really have the time to to do that, so. <laughs> Which is a good yeah, problem. Yeah, you, you don't seem to have any shortage of guitar orders that you're nope, working no, on. No, 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 no. Which is a you know, it's a good thing, and I'm I'm glad because it's now my full time job. And I like if you have if you would have tell me like twelve, ten to twelve years ago, I would be um, building guitars full time and having my brand, and I would have like no, that's not gonna happen. But you know. Uh, Weirdly enough, it happened, and <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> so, but if well, I, I if can... I didn't had that much orders, I, I would probably do a few custom because I I like to do rehousing. That's a that's a fun thing to do because you're not you're just taking uh, not necessarily an ugly thing, but uh, most of the time an ugly amp and just trying to make it look pretty, you know, or prettier. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you did you did a good job on those. I thought they looked like Thanks. really really nice Thanks. when they got done. 
that trainer one sticks out for me for some reason. I the one with the like, oh, walnut man. front, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. A, I remember was just thinking one. like that is so delicious. That's that's the amp I play. I play uh, all the time in my band. Let's talk about walnut a little bit. Mm-hmm. You made my neck out of walnut. Yep. You got a thing for walnut for any other reason other than it looks awesome. Uh, it's also uh. Well, yeah, it looks pretty. It looks pretty cool all the time. Often, when you choose the the board well, but uh, it's also because I don't use any exotic woods, and mm-hmm. I refuse to, you know, to use ebony um, uh, or any other things that come uh, that is restricted or rosewood or you know wenge mahogany any anything that came that came from outside the Canada or the US, uh, I try not to use that. Uh, I, I usually refuse because um, to me it's not ecological and it's not eco-friendly to use that. Um, you know, rosewood being restricted, there is a reason because because it's restic- restricted. Not because the luthiers are using it, obviously, because we use two... We're not like... Uh, a, the big part of the problem, but, you know, uh, in Asia, they they building like they like um, their furniture to look like that rosewood color, so that that, mm-hmm. that, that has become a, a really big problem. So now it's regulated. Uh, ebony is gonna be regulated pretty soon, I think. And you know, I don't have to have to justify to use wood that is endangered and um, harvested by poor people in a country where they don't have you know good wages and things like that. So I don't want to encourage uh, that uh, economy, you know. What do you think about what uh, what Bob Taylor did with his with his like basically, you know, taking over that business in I can't I think it's in Africa. I can't remember where he did it at. Do you know anything about that? Uh, yeah, I think he took over some uh, plantation and uh, some um, some mill for that, which is better but the problem is you still you're still shipping because part of what what people don't because part yeah part of taylor is produced in america but a good uh bit of taylor's production is um like the wood is harvested in africa or anywhere else and after that ship to china and after that ship back to the u.s so that's that's a lot of travel for material that you could just have um that you just you could just get out in the US or or closer you know like uh take an mm-hmm. example like um the Godin factory uh in uh, here in Quebec in in Canada uh they mostly produce their cheaper models with local woods they don't use uh any ebony or any other any other uh, exotic material and you can produce a, and they're really good guitars then it's not like you know they sound like cheap or anything they use like cherry for back and sides and uh, and even i don't i don't i don't think they use for tops but and for necks as well and they sound amazing they don't they don't uh you can you can buy a, a really uh, one from a few years ago and it's going to be top notch and I think it's it's just because uh, customers are used to have you know a mahogany neck and a rosewood or an ebony board 
and that they 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 want that and they produce that, but they could produce a perfectly good guitar with local woods and 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 things like that. At the the guitar show that I organized, uh, the Sonora Festival, uh, we this year we had um, the EGB um, local wood challenge uh, coming um, to the show, which is you know uh, trying to have a few builders out of the show trying to build a guitar only from local wood and to raise awareness about um not using exotic exotic woods and all the problems that you know can come about with that so i think that's the reason why i i want i choose to use only um like maple walnut and only local woods because it's you know better and i try to do my part <laughs> Right, right. Well, one thing that was interesting is there's a there's a project that that I'm working on right now that we we were trying to figure out what kind of wood to use. Um, it's a very small piece that we need, like you know, just a couple inches. But we were trying to figure out what kind of wood to use, and we pretty much landed on walnut because it just looks the best and it's mm-hmm. easy to get. Yeah, you know. Um, but we we were like trying to farm around, like, okay, well, where can we get this part made? Can we get it made? locally do we need to go overseas like how are we going to do it and it was actually i found out more expensive to get walnut from overseas because they have to get it from here oh yeah yeah ship it over Mm -hmm. and then make it and then ship it back so it's just easier to keep it all local which is not usually the case for like small parts like this well Um, yeah you just just have to find some people that you know want to do it because usually you get it's like uh, when you're trying to use a like a CNC and uh, nobody wants to you know charge you not a lot of money for it because you know they don't want to uh, to uh, to take that machine for just a small part. But you know you can find some people that that will do small parts uh, without having to go to China. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we figured we got that figured out. I just thought it was really interesting. I didn't ever think about that. I'm like, oh, it'll be cheaper, and it was like. It's not. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and even even if it's a little bit more expensive, I I do feel sometimes it's uh better to go with the more expensive way. I don't, you know, just to make people uh local people work and um I don't know. It's just Yeah, I try to even if I can, you know, at all possible when dealing with this kind of stuff, I try to keep it in the industry even you know yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah. i can yeah yeah totally like totally like if there's somebody that can you know that i know has a wood shop that's uh in the business i'd rather use them oh you yeah know, if they can sure. meet the scale and all that stuff mm-hmm. it would it's i don't know i like this business i want to see people continue to be in this business so i try to support um other guys as much as possible yeah and you know you're you you hear a lot of you often hear like um a woodworker is trying you know to find to find work and you know uh, so there you you'll always find people locally to to make to make that kind of st- the things and which is good i think yeah yeah so have you uh, ran into any interesting situations i know i have um by just kind of being in this industry have you like got to meet anybody you thought was really cool or any any weird weird things by a, as a byproduct of being in this business uh 
I I do I I I'm really I really am a a, a pedal nerd, so I got to meet like uh, and do a, a few trades with good peoples. So and I, people that I would I would have never thought to uh, have met or things like that. So yeah, uh, like meeting Doctor Scientist or John from Electronic Audio Experiment, and it, it's all a small a small um, world and um, kind of business. So and it's it's nice to be able to be able to meet everybody and see who's behind what and you know. So a lot of lot of good um lot of good uh vibes in in that uh in that industry. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was just recording another podcast here recently, um with uh Joe from uh Valgear Guitars and um he was a, a big Mesa Boogie nerd. Oh yeah. And and he went down to Mesa Boogie and like checked it out and everything and he's like and I'm, he's like, you know, it's just not as big as what you would think. I uh, know. And no. I'm like, that is <laughs> that is the reoccurring theme in this industry is like there's almost even, you know, maybe maybe when you get up to Gibson or to Dario or uh, Fender or something, they have these big spaces. But like most of the companies, it's like, huh, this is a lot smaller than I thought it would be. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's just it, it is what it is. Because it's usually you know uh, uh, one person shops and trying to um, get uh, make a living out of uh, that. So yeah, I'm my shop is really really small. Like tall people uh, have a hard time fitting in there because <laughs> <laughs> it's in the basement of the house. So yeah, nice. But yeah, yeah it's a it's a weird business. Everything's a lot more condensed than what what people might imagine. And it's nice because you uh, know people are reachable. I think. Yeah, for sure. You can, you know. Yeah, everyone's generally available. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, you can do special projects, and you know, you can talk to people, and uh, it's uh, or you know, share share stuff, share ideas, and uh, especially in guitars for me and. Or uh, I, you know, I, I tend to be, to be good friends with, you know, the pedal, uh, the pedal business uh, community, and um, like Seb from Ground Control and uh, uh, all those people, and it's fun to, you know, uh, talk with some other builders that don't build exactly the same thing, but and you, you that way you can get ideas and uh, feedback on different things and uh, like. The, doing the the sonar festival was really 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 cool because you get to meet like um builders that uh are sometimes pretty far away and it's nice to be able to meet them and uh uh just you know talk about the the industry for for a few a few days <laughs> yeah and then it's it's interesting to always you know Everybody has similar problems most of the time. It's like, oh yeah, this customer did this, or oh this, you know. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like sometimes just swapping stories is is good because when you are like a a smaller shop, kind of doing it all on your own, you you probably can can tend to feel that um you're all, you're the only one experiencing this. Like this is a I'm all I'm all alone. Oh yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's lots of us. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of weird stories with customers. <laughs> I am sure 
Oh man. Especially in the in in uh well, you know, for 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 custom guitars it could be different, but I think for for pedals it must be like, you know, weird uh I don't know, uh problems that uh arise from I don't know. <laughs> pedal not working. Well, I mean, and, uh, it's working when it gets back. I don't know. Things like that. Yeah, there's that and with pedals, um, you know, I work with a few companies on that stuff and I field some of the customer service questions sometimes and it's uh I got one the other day where it's like, Hey, I bought this pedal from you and uh it sounds good, but it's coloring my tone even when it's off. And I'm like Okay. That's a uh, <laughs> it's a true by it's a true bypass pedal. <laughs> like like um I don't know how that could be unless you just had really long cables um, in between the two, you know, you're like, that's the only thing I could think of. And like no buffer. Um, oh yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, even the, the most true bypass of the true bypass pedals will, uh, you know, add something to your true bypass sound. And that's the way it is. You know, if you don't want that, just don't use pedals. <laughs> yeah. Ex well, exactly. I'm like, well, it's, I'm like, it's, I'm like, I have this pedal. I've played this pedal and, it's almost not, you know, it adds, yeah, adds a little, a little bit of capacitance to the chain. But yeah. It's yeah. like, it, if you have a good setup or, or, you know, you should just know that. <laughs> it's like, you know, you get a lot. And that's not even the worst question. Some of them are just like, it doesn't turn on. Like, you need to plug a power supply into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard, I heard the story. I don't, uh, I don't remember what brand or who, who it was, but. Uh, some a guy got the pedal. Um, said, "Oh, there is a problem with it. It doesn't sound right." And uh, so he sent the pedal back, and the guy just, you know, sent the 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 builder just sent the pedal the pedal back again. And the 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 dude said, "Oh yeah, it's fixed now. It's working perfectly." <laughs> <laughs> the guy did nothing, you know. So sometimes, you know. Um, it's yeah, yeah. It, it, it I I'm not a pedal builder, so I don't have uh, all the stories about that. But it must be like a lot of fun and not so fun uh, things that happen to them, I guess. Yeah, I I found that like the more customers you get, um, the the you know the more often you get those kinds of questions, and the more general your product is, the more you get people who just aren't are there they are new to the you know, new to it. Maybe they haven't been playing guitar very long yeah. or maybe they've not done very much research mm -hmm. or they're, or they're not huge nerds like you and I are yeah. just like obsessed with it. <laughs> um, and so the like, like strings in particular, it's like, I've, I've heard some horror stories about string customers sometimes. Oh it's yeah. Like, like what? Oh yeah. Cause it, cause it's, it's more general, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. a low barrier to, to purchase. So you get, and to, to have a string company, you have to have, a lot of customers yeah because you know, yeah, yeah. um, they're just they're not that expensive and uh -huh. you need a lot of people to buy a lot of strings mm -hmm. um and so you you get you get a lot more of the general i guess the quote unquote the general population <laughs> who aren't like huge geeks like like everyone that listens to this show and, yeah, and yeah. us um and so it's like some of the questions are are, are or criticisms are 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 pretty harsh and pretty ridiculous oh yeah bit, uh, bit. yeah yeah it's like i've been playing guitar 
for for 17 years and I've never broke a string until I used yours. And it's like, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> There's like a million factors that could go into oh, that, yeah. but uh, yeah. we'll send you a new set. You know, it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I, I wouldn't want to be like um, a customer service guy uh, in a in that kind of branch. Is oh my god! Sometimes it like you'd be face palming all day, like you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that I think that happens a lot. I don't get that Just... a lot with guitars, fortunately for me. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm trying to remember of, but it's usually you know weird first emails that. I, I, oh, yeah? I got one the other day, and uh, it's you know when you see my style, you see that I don't use exotic woods. I don't do. Uh, I have a rule that uh, I try to put out there all the time that I don't use two woods, two natural woods on one guitar. Uh, you know, for simplistic and minimalist reasons. And mm-hmm. I get that email. The guy wants a a eight string guitar. Uh, <laughs> which I don't do. Uh, some built up uh, and all kind of things and custom pickups and uh, weird fret like golden frets and I'm like, what? Did you did you did you went on a website or did you you know did you take a look at what I do? It's just like oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was everything yeah. I don't do. He wanted it on the guitar, you know. I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. not gonna work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and you, yeah. I mean, you you've experienced it. It's amazing how much people don't don't read sometimes. Um, you know, on like these special pedal projects I've done before, it's like, you know, some of them have been pre-orders mm-hmm. and whatnot, and uh, and I put it in big red letters like. This is a pre-order, and it's going to be open from this date to this date. And then after that, we will build them and ship them. And I'll get an email like three days later. Where's my pedal? <laughs> like, and I'll like put pre-order oh like God. as the as the item. So it's like blah 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 pedal pre-order. And so when they get your order confirmation and everything, it says pre-order in everything. And it's like, where's my pedal? Like, yeah, come on, yeah, come on, just read the email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the biggest one the the biggest one that was the the big giveaway i did a couple years ago um got got a whole bunch of companies together and we gave away a oh, yeah. full pedal board and all that stuff uh-huh. amp guitar and man so many people were like i like put a big huge thing like when you clicked enter it was like you will be contacted by all the companies that are involved in this giveaway like that is what is going on you so if you give us your email you're gonna get an email from me you're gonna get an email from jhs and you're gonna have to unsubscribe from all these people if you don't want to hear it mm-hmm. and still so many people were like i can't believe you sold that list to all these companies like i it's the last <laughs> well you know it's the last thing you saw before you clicked enter yeah just read <laughs> well it's please it, read yeah sometimes you, you wonder if people know how to read but you know they, ju- they just see free things and yeah, ah, let's go. Yeah, I need it. I need it all. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never gotten so much hate for giving people 
giving away like eight thousand dollars in oh beer. yeah i got so much hate on it yeah it was so much hate that's why you didn't it was do, ridiculous you didn't do it after um well they they uh they they uh, the hate i got was um a like oh you sold our emails which i didn't i just gave it to all of the the participating manufacturers yeah, yeah. which is what which is why they participated in the first place yeah um and then uh then i got like when when it, the guy won it uh he had a lot of gear already because he was a gear nerd well it's like i didn't pick him like <laughs> and so a lot of people were like what'd you give to that guy i'm like because that's what the random number generator said yeah yeah like yeah, what yeah. do you want from me yeah it's <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah Ugh. yeah yeah so i like i i thought about doing another one but i'm like do i want to deal with this again not really i don't I don't want yeah, to, no, I bet. I don't I want bet, to deal I with people. You don't want to, you don't want to deal with that. Yeah. But I might someday. I might forget what it was like and then decide to do it again. Yeah. But... Let's. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. Let's do it again then. Oh. <laughs> mm hmm. So we've uh, we've hit that hour mark, and um, I yep. want to know about. Uh, did your pizza? Has your pizza oh. cravings? Is it still the same? Oh, or has no, it changed? changed. Change. It did. Well, uh, Tell me you know, more. Uh, the, the the pizza the pizza we do with my with my wife is is still good, still perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But um, I discover a, a new place in Montreal. Um, it's called uh, Notre Dame des Quilles. It's like uh, a bar, but there is a really tiny, small bowling alley in there, and they oh, okay. and they do make pizza now. And it's uh, you remember I told you the pizza in Vancouver was super good. I think it was yeah. uh, Pizza Farini or Farina. Uh, I don't remember the name. And that those guys make the same pizza now, and it's so good. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, nice. Wow, I have to go back there someday soon. Because <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was super, 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 super good. Like thin crust and lots of oil in, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but. It was super good. So, yeah, it changed. I'm, I'm really hungry now. <laughs> really, really hungry. I haven't ate lunch yet, and so I'm just like... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pizza. I had a bad... I did a bad thing uh, this week. Not bad, but probably not good for you thing. Um, where uh, I'll wrap this up here shortly, but <laughs> I, I didn't... On Monday, I all of my meals were pizza. Oh, wow. Um. I went to the pizza place for lunch. Uh, it was my, it's like my new favorite place in town called Scotty's Pizza Parlor. Okay. Uh, new York style, thin crust. Like, it's legit. Yeah, like, nice. It's nice. super legit. And I went there for lunch, and then we were going to a concert that night, and I drove up. My wife's like, I want to try that. You keep talking about it, and you haven't taken me, because it's not right in town. It's in, I'm not, I don't live directly in Portland, and this is in Portland. Yeah. So, um, I I was like, okay, I'll take you there. And I, I went back and the waitress, she didn't she didn't shame me, but she kind of did. She was like, Were you in her earlier today? I was like, Yeah. She's like, I thought I recognized you. She was she was like, she was just like, I just want to make sure I wasn't going crazy. I'm like, Yes, I've ate nothing but pizza today. Shame that's, on you. that's what I've done. Shame on you. <laughs> I know. Two pizza in a day. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I just as long as you don't eat, eat that every day, all day, all year long, it's okay. 
Okay. Well, thanks for reassuring me. <laughs> All right, Florian, where can everybody find you on the interwebs? Where do you want them to go? Uh, they can go on uh, Millimetric, at Millimetric Instrument on both um, Facebook and Instagram. Although Instagram is a bit better because I do spend more time there. And uh, I don't mm -hmm. spend much time on Facebook these days. Um, and they can go on the, my website, which is uh, millimetric.ca, because uh, I'm in Canada. And uh, that's pretty much it. If they, if anybody wants the um, news for the Sonora Festival, which will be back in 2019, um, you can go to uh, at Sonora Fest MTL on the. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, sonorafestival.ca on the interwebs. Nice. Yep. Nice. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks we got for to do this. having me. It was, uh, yes. it was a pleasure. Yes. Thank you very much. Now we're going to slide over to Patreon. All right. <laughs> uh oh, that was a tease. Ooh. There's going to be more, <laughs> but it's on Patreon. <laughs> All right, everybody. For Florian, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. There you have it, folks. There's another one in the can, bag, or whatever sort of holding device, Tupperware container. Either way, it's in your ears. So I hope you enjoyed it. I really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you have some time, go check out... Go check out Florian's Guitars. They're really, really cool. I love my baritone. It's a fantastic instrument and a really unique take on guitar design. And just, I don't know, they're just fantastic. So go check them out. It's really, really cool. Also, something you might be interested in, we've got the Demogorgon V3 out right now. And we're right in the early stages of the two-week pre-order period. So Adventure Audio tweaked the V2, made it have a wider range. It's a lot more usable. You can actually get really pretty sounds out of it uh, now. And, and there will be a demo dropping pretty soon of yours truly flubbing around on the guitar. But I do show off some of those prettier settings. And there's also a couple other demos right now at tonemob.com slash store. So the deal is we weren't going to make another one. Um, if you've heard all this already, I'm sorry. But there's some folks who haven't. So... We, we weren't going to do another Demogorgon. It was never in the cards, but we got so many emails about this thing, even more than the Kyber. It's kind of crazy. Um, between Christian and myself, that we're like, okay, we're going to release another one. We're going to put it up for a two-week pre-order, and anyone who wants one has to get in on that pre-order, and then it's done, because we both got too many irons in the fire to try to uh, make this an ongoing kind of existing product. So... Two-week pre-order, it's open right now. You go to tonemob.com slash store, you can check out the demos, and it's it's really cool. It's a fuzz, tremolo, reverb, and Christian has done some great tweaks to the circuit to really make it stand out, and it's purple and sparkly. Who doesn't like purple sparkly things? It's fantastic. I'm, I'm like kind of over the moon on it right now. I'm really, really, really enjoying it, so... Check it out and let me know if you guys have any questions about it. Email me at info at tonemob.com. Hit us up on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, all that stuff. Tone Mobbery is everywhere. Or mostly everywhere. You know what I mean. Anyway, thanks for listening. 
listening, listening, and have yourself a good week. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.